It's the state of the Braves at the All-Star break. We got going and playing the way we're capable of, and we've sustained it for a long time now. Welcome to the Braves Report, the new podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that takes you inside the clubhouse and gives you the stories behind the score. I'm Jay Black with AJC Braves beat reporter Justin Toscano joining us from Washington. So what is uh, the state of the Braves at the All-Star break? About as good as you could have imagined, uh, especially with the way the season started. This club looks like, you know, coming off a World Series, looks like another World Series contender, and that's all you could have hoped for. They're meeting expectations right now. All right, coming up, our first half awards, what the Braves need in the second half, how they're stacking up against the Mets, plus a look at the growing entourage headed to the All-Star game, the reinforcements possibly coming for the bullpen, and our Ask Justin segment. The Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution is brought to you by Kroger. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now, in all honesty, we've made this promise that we're going to have a show out for you every Monday. But we have to record this one on Saturday night because, well, Justin gets an all-star break, too. So uh, he is currently on the road as you're um, listening to this. Where are you headed? Yeah, yeah. So I'm headed to Salt Lake City uh, to spend a few days with my girlfriend, and that's going to be cool. It's going to be a nice time, but, you know, let's let's knock on some wood and have a little podcast prayer circle right now um, to make sure I make my flight in the D.C. storms. Don't don't mess with anything because they, <laughs> they mess with they mess with baseball games a lot. All right, well, let's go ahead and uh, focus on the positive here, which has been uh, pretty much the uh, a significant portion of the Braves' first half of the season. They have their most wins before the All-Star break since 2003, and they're the hottest team in baseball since June 1st. We got going and playing the way we're capable of, and we've sustained it for a long time now. And um, the way the guys come out and they prepare and the way they're, you know, playing every game um, is really, really good. That's Brian Snicker, of course, on Saturday. So... How does the, the reality of this team so far compare to the expectations that you had for them in March? Yeah, I think the reality is just about as good, probably better than could be expected. I know people had really high expectations for this team because it was coming off a World Series. Um, the pieces were there, and they had added. So on paper, the team might have been better than last year's team, especially when you add Ronald Acuna back. The path to where we you know, where they are now and where we find ourselves talking here about them was a little more jagged uh, with the slow start, the sleepwalking. I think they've almost exceeded expectations, though, because since the start of June 1st, they've been 33-10. and 10. That's the best, you know, best record in the majors over that span. In terms of the offensive numbers, it's been ridiculous. Most home runs for any Braves team in the first half um, they've got seven guys with at least 10 home runs. Austin Riley leads them with 27. Uh, they've got six all-stars tied, you know, with the Yankees for the most in baseball. This is about as good as you could have hoped. Like the people who had high expectations couldn't have had higher expectations than what this team is doing now. And I think, um, like Snicker said, like it took a little bit to get there, but I mean, they're here, the, you know, they've won over 50 games. They're, in, you know, have trimmed the Mets' deficit, you know, lead in the division. And they look, the most important thing to me is that they've played the Dodgers, they've played the Padres, they've played the Mets, 
They look about as good as any team in baseball. Like, I don't think there's a team that's clearly better than the Braves. Um, and that, that should be something important going forward is like, when you look at it now, there are some teams who just don't have the roster. They're going to need a major overhaul at the deadline, whatever it may be. They're going to need to add. The Braves are the opposite. It's like, do they have flaws? Sure. But like, it compared to other rosters in baseball, like they're, they've got to be near the top, uh, if not at the top, um, in terms of talent and depth. And I think that's encouraging because you look at what they're going to need to do to repeat, you know, and win another World Series. And it starts with the talent, and this team has it. One of the most talented players on the team was not somebody we were expecting and talked much about back in March and April. And we saw how Michael Harris changed the game on Thursday with his bat and his defense. Honestly, I don't know. I saw, I mean, I knew, I knew Soto hit it pretty hard, so I had a chance to still get him at home. And I mean, I got it, threw it as soon as I could, and I guess the rest is history. And then we saw those legs with three stolen bases and uh, barely got past the infield double. Tay was impressive to me as he hit the ball. I think the pitcher deflected that ball, but yeah. just how quick and the turn that he made at first to have the wherewithal to get to second base right there. I mean, and I, he does things that I keep thinking that I didn't realize he was that fast. I mean, I just you, you underestimate his speed, I think, in the outfield because his jumps and everything. But um, that, that was not an easy play because he was running hard to first because the ball's in the infield. And to make that turn like that was just pretty impressive to me. Last year, the magic date was the trade deadline. Will the magic date this year be the arrivals of Harrison center field and Strider in the rotation? Probably, yeah. I mean, that's that was really the span of a week. Well, it was really a span of two days yeah two days uh 48 hours to 72 hours that changed this season I mean you look at Spencer Strider and what he's given them in the rotation but even more Michael Harris um I think I've said it before like I don't know if I would put another center fielder clearly above him in terms you know defensively and he is squarely in the rookie of the year conversation um and you know if he keeps this up could be leading it soon but he just does so much and I think he's given them a lot of times you hope your top prospect gives you a boost. You can't really expect them to completely change the complexion of the team like Michael Harris has. And I think that's been the most incredible part of it. He's given them a hitter at the bottom of the lineup to turn things over, a guy with speed, a guy with wheels. He does it all. He can impact the game when he's not in the batter's box, you know, defensively. Like, that throw to get uh, Luis Garcia at home in the series opener here at Thursday's game, a 94-mile-an-hour strike, well, going to, you know, across his body, going to the opposite side, a lefty going to his right, and not being able to step into the throw, just being pretty flat-footed is insane. Like, just the mix of talent. He's got all five tools, but he's got the sixth tool, um, and that's the mind. Uh, and he's cerebral, too, very smart, wants to learn, humble, all that stuff that, you know, is really the makings of a superstar. And I think, yeah, like, when you look at this first half, those two, you know, the rookies have really just completely changed the complexion of this team and made them, you know, much not only a more well-rounded and deep ball club, but just a better team. The massive storyline coming into this season was Freddie is out, Matt Olson is in. How do you grade that trade now after watching Olson play every day? Yeah, yeah, it's right now. I mean, it's it's a B plus. I think still. I mean, it, to be an A, you're gonna have to like do some Freddie Freeman-ish things and become an icon. And, you know, we'll see. Matt Olson, it wasn't going to be an A yet because he needs more time. But, I mean, 
you look at it. Christian Pache is not doing much for Oakland and got sent down. Um, Shea Langoliers, yeah, sure, like really good prospect, but you have William Contreras and the emergence of you know from him has been incredible for you. And then you know you look at a couple other prospects they gave up that they liked, like they liked those guys. But I mean, when you look at Matt Olson, he's younger than Freddie. Um, his contract isn't worth as much you know per year, and that's going to give them more payroll flexibility. Um, and he, like, he's just, just as talented, like just as, you know, Freddie right now might be a little bit better, but Matt Olson's younger. Um, and I expect him to grow, you know, look a lot better as he continues, you know, as he gets more time away from the trade, more time transitioned into the market. Like he's probably gone through so many things that, you know, we can't even begin to imagine going through in terms of the transition to a new team, new city, coming back home, like everything that entails, but I think it was a great trade because if you look at replacing Freddie Freeman, there was no better way to do it than with Matt Olson. Uh, it was probably, you know, the most handcrafted pick you could have had uh, to replace Freddie Freeman um, if anybody was going to have to do it. So, yeah, I think it's been a great trade so far. Like, even if Matt Olson has slumped in parts of the first half, like hasn't been as good defensively as maybe you he would have liked and the Braves would have liked, but, I mean, you look up there and he's got, you know, 16, 17 home runs, 60 RBIs, um, being on pace for like 10,000 doubles this year. Um, I mean, but, you know, he showed his versatility the other night when he chose, you know, instead of hitting a few doubles with the gap, he chose to hit three RBI singles in the first four innings of a game. So the lineup has certainly lived up to the hype and the expectations. We're pretty deep in that lineup. I don't think we're... Um, dependent on one person. I think we got a lot of guys that can pick up slack when guys are not hitting on all cylinders. We talked about it, you know, at the start of the season that the depth was something you were concerned about, but with the additions of Harris and Contreras and now Rosario back, Adam Duvall, there's a hard place to find a spot for everybody to go right now. Yeah, 100%. When Eddie Rosario and Adam Duvall are effectively platooning um that's that's a pretty good situation in the outfield there and I think yeah with Harris and then like even I expected them to be a little thinner in the infield than they've been but everybody's played every day and the important part has been the emergence of William Contreras I mean to give you an extra bat there um an extra DH an extra catcher like to perform the way he has to me like the depth has probably been you know look this team's just plain talented but the depth has been impressive compared to what I expected in spring training. Um, yeah, because I didn't really project Michael Harris being up this year. I don't know if anybody did. Um, and William Contreras is a guy who still had to to prove it a little bit in the majors and build, you know show some consistency, and he completely has. And now it's like it looks like their depth, when you look at them versus even really good teams whose depth is being tested, the Braves' depth really stands out to me. The major injury they've had to had to deal with is, of course, Ozzy Albies, and and have been able to plug the hole there. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, with um, Orlando Arcia and now Robinson Cano, who's thirty nine years old, an eight time All Star, a guy who played a great second base for a long time. He has had two positive PED tests, um, and his last good season came in twenty twenty. His last good season at the plate, and after that year, he was popped for his second positive PED test, but. For the Braves, I mean, this was a no-brainer. The Mets are fronting most of that salary um, from the big Mariners deal. 
And for the Braves, it's like they can cut the cord at, at any point. So it's like, why not? So they looked at his exit velocity numbers down in AAA, and he was hitting down there, you know, in the Padres organization and figured, you know, why not give him a shot? And the big thing here was like, and, you know, no disrespect to Phil Gosselin. He's, you know, he's a great guy, great part of the organization, all that stuff um, has been around the game. But I think they kind of knew what he was. And the bar was for Cano is only to clear, you know, Phil Gosselin. And, and I think if Cano can provide anything like that, you know, they can cut the court at any time. But if Cano can even provide them one or two wins, help them win a couple games, and they've already gotten quote unquote, their money's worth out of him because he's making the minimum. And so, yeah, I think that, you know, it's, they've been able to do that more so, not not as much because of RC and Cano, though RC has played great in spots and Cano's, you know, hit a little bit since he's been up here, but they've been able to fill that spot more so because of the depth in their lineup. Uh, one through nine, they're just really, really good. Uh, when you've got guys like Austin Riley, Matt Olson, Dansby Swanson, Ronald Acuna in a lineup, and Acuna's slumping. But still, they're one of the best lineups, if not the best in baseball. Um, one of the, you know, among the three best power hitting teams in baseball. That has a tendency to cover up an injury like the one to Ozzy Albies. And I think that's how they've been able to do it, is they just have so many good pieces in that lineup that I'm willing to bet the loss of Albies would have been a lot more glaring if they were, you know, say had a couple less pieces in that lineup. And I think that's why we haven't talked about it a ton. It's like, even when Arcia was slumping, it's like they were still winning games and there still wasn't a pressing need to go out and get, you know, a great second baseman, the guy who was better than him, because it's like, they're still winning games. He was there. He was playing his part on defense and they just had so many, so many other pieces in that lineup uh, that were picking each other up. Here's what Cano told you on his first day about people counting him out. Not not only retire, but people don't like, you know, guy like you, they've been in the league for so long, and, you know, you got to do what you think is best for you. And uh, and you know that, you read that in, in the news a lot or whatever, people like, what I'm going to do in AAA, you know, Robbie Stone, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, I mean, I love this game. How does he fit into this clubhouse? Yeah, I think I think very well. He knows Marcelo Zuna and then uh, Guillermo Heredia, and you know has trained with them. And he's a guy who, like multiple guys have said it, you can ask him anything and he's going to know the answer. Like he's seen every pitcher, he's seen every pitch, he's been in every situation. There's not going to be a spot that's too big for him. And I think now it's a very good you know presence for a Braves team that, while experienced, is still pretty young. Um, but even to that point, Cano said that he felt like, you know, this team was good enough and the guys in the clubhouse were good enough that they shouldn't need much advice. It's a good fit because I think he can have more of an impact on the clubhouse than a Phil Gosselin could just with the stature and his status in the game. Even if he's not what he used to be, um, he still loves baseball. And I think a lot of the guys respect that, especially because, you know, that's a guy who's an eight time all star had won a World Series, multiple silver sluggers, multiple gold gloves. And he goes down to AAA to continue playing. You know, could have easily walked away from the game. And he goes down to AAA to continue playing and, you know, kept hitting there. Is now back up. And I think it's a good presence. I think he can really have the veteran voice uh, and kind of the cachet that comes along with it that, you know, maybe the somebody else in that spot, which is effectively. What's so great about being a Kroger Boost member? Free delivery on the Kroger products you love and more rewards, too like double fuel points on everything you buy. 
experience a new level of membership starting as low as $59 a year with Boost by Kroger Plus. Learn more at Kroger.com today. You know, one of the last spots on the roster wouldn't be able to have. The Braves Report is brought to you by Kroger. We've still got a few good summer weekends left to go here, so it's time to go ahead and gear up for grilling. Turn up the heat and the flavor with new favorites for every dish this summer. Kroger's got you covered for all your outdoor entertaining needs, too, so visit your local Kroger store today or go to Kroger.com slash grilling. Hamburger or hot dog? You can only take one off the grill. Oh, yeah, uh, hamburger. All the way. I mean, cheeseburger. Cheeseburger, yes. I mean, exactly. all, all the way, all the yeah. way. And we talked a lot in the preseason about how exciting it was going to be to to see the Braves finally give all of their young guys a shot to fight fight for not one but two spots in the rotation. And Strider and Kyle Wright have both seized the moment. It's cool, yeah. It's great. You know, it's great that they had a good first half, but obviously it's just one half. So the, uh, the second half's going to be even bigger. So um, it's good. It's good. Good place to be, but definitely got to keep it going. This plan does not always work out. Generally, when you have two rotation spots up for grabs in uh, spring training. One of them will be filled by a trade deadline candidate later uh, in the season. But these are not the two spots the Braves have to worry about right now. No, and that's the weird part is usually when you have, well, the fourth and fifth spots in the rotation are open. Like, you're usually that's like, eh, I mean, it could go either way. And usually, like, for a contending team, a reigning World Series champion, but Kyle Wright has stepped in and looked, you know, at times like an ace. Um, and then the fifth spot, they did a lot of shuffling, but it, now it's Spencer Strider. And you're right, like you don't have to worry about those guys. Those are two you don't worry about. Um, Charlie Morton's had ups and downs. Ian Anderson's first half, you know, he said it plainly after Friday night's game. You know, it hasn't been what he wanted it to be. Uh, so he's hoping to flip it around for the second half. But yeah, like Kyle Wright, the impressive thing there to me is like we saw him pitch that first month, he just looked absolutely dominant. I think he gave up three earned runs in his first four starts. He was ridiculous, had over 30 strikeouts in that span. Just, like, dominant stuff, like, you know, team ace-level stuff, number one pitcher stuff. But, you know, these last, you know, four, five, six starts, he's gotten hit a little bit. Um, and he's gotten a lot, a little more traffic on the bases. Um, and at times, you wondered if he was going to fold, and he never did. And I think he he credited that um, to Max Freed. He's watched a lot of Max Freed pitching. Um, and just he took from Max the ability to get through outings when you don't have your best stuff. And I think that's been really important for Kyle Wright, and that's given him a lot of confidence because it shows him he's only one pitch away from getting out of something, whether it's a double play ball or a strikeout pitch or you know a weak pop-up. He's only a pitch away, and it's just allowed him to keep pitching and not be too fine or too perfect or worry about certain things. Um, and I think that's been encouraging. You look at the lines with, you know, seven hits. You know, he had one, 11 in Chicago, 10, da 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 He hasn't given up more than six earned runs this year, and that was only because of a grand slam against Boston. Um, other than that, he's, he's given up five runs once, four runs once, and then the rest have been three and under. Um, and so I think it's the consistency has been – What's been most impressive about about Kyle is he's kind of realized his potential. The Braves bullpen has pitched as well as expected, but it's not totally coming from the guys that were expected. If you would have uh, told us in April that Jesse Chavez and Dylan Lee may be pitching more high-leverage situations than Will Smith and Tyler Matzik, we'd have thought you'd have been wrong. Yeah, I can pencil in that I did not see that coming. Alex Anthopoulos does a lot of hard work to enact his wizardry. But to give up Nuke, Sean Newcomb, 
for Jesse Chavez, a guy who has pitched extremely well in the first half. That was that's incredible. And then you look at like Jackson Stevens and, you know, even Darren O'Day has pitched some big innings now in the I.L. But yeah. And I mean, Kenley Jansen's pitched well, but the guys like even we expected to be Luke Jackson and we expected it to be like Tyler Matzik and we expected it to be Kenley. And it's been Kenley. Uh, Matzik's been hurt. Uh, Luke Jackson's been out for the season. A.J. Minter for a little bit there was arguably one of the best relievers, you know, arguably the best reliever in baseball. Um, and then you have Jesse Chavez, who just keeps spinning it and, you know, isn't really letting go. Spencer Strider started in the bullpen and was just too good, you know, so good that he was moved to the rotation. The depth in this unit has been probably what's most striking to me is because I know like a couple years ago and at, through the years, it's kind of dawned on Alex Anthopoulos or dawned is probably the wrong word, but he's learned that bullpen depth is really key and he's be begun to focus on that and and you could see that in the way this roster is built you have well you know if kirby yates comes back you have three form you know three closers on the roster basically and then you've got guys like aj mentor who can close games um you know and if tyler matzik gets on a little roll here uh and then like colin McHugh has been incredible for them he probably doesn't get talked about enough but i think he's got 12 multi-inning scoreless appearances uh scoreless multi-inning appearances something like that so it's to me it's the depth and the versatility like not only do you have the quantity of guys but you have the different facets that they bring whether it's McHugh's multiple innings in the middle of a game being able to shut things down or Jesse Chavez taking a chunk of a game or even you know a high leverage inning um and whether it's like you know Will Smith has gotten important outs though it has been a roller coaster at times Kenley Jansen, who, you know, has been reliable and has, I think, the third most saves in baseball. Uh, so there's a lot in this group, and you could tell in the way the roster was constructed that it, it every guy offers different things, and I think it's not just a bunch of relievers. There, there definitely seems to be a method to it. What surprised you the most this year? Ooh, the impact of the rookies, probably. The impact of the rookies and Kyle Wright. Austin Riley's 27 bombs are great, but... He's Austin Riley. Uh, Dansby Swanson has had a great season, but, like, he's a former number one overall pick. Like, you could see, you know, maybe you couldn't see that coming, but the potential was there. Like, Matt Olson's Matt Olson. Ronald Acuna is going to do some things. Max Fried was trending in this direction the second half of last year. But it's got to be the guys who we didn't see coming. It's the Michael, Michael Harris. To even be up in the majors, one has surprised me most. And to be playing like this, I could have never seen it. Um, and it's just a kudos to him. Same with Spencer Strider and then Kyle Wright, too. Um, so those three have probably, you know, it's the guys that we didn't talk about a lot um, and never expected to that have really surprised me the most. Uh, and there have been a lot of great feats on this team so far, but probably none better than two rookies and, you know, somebody like Kyle Wright had been up and down being able to have such impactful contributions on the reigning world series champions i will offer up william Contreras all-star yeah that that or or having a, a baseball team with both catchers going to the all-star yeah. game both catchers a defensive position to produce enough offensively both of those guys to go to the all-star game is pretty impressive all right so what's missing to me it's got to be a quality arm, maybe for the back end of the rotation, but somebody who could also pitch out of the bullpen to give you another option. Um, just a proven starter, whether that's a veteran or not. I'm not even saying a frontline guy like 
probably just a proven somebody that wouldn't take a lot to get. And then a reliever. Like, I think they need another arm in the bullpen. Um, we'll see what Kirby Yates can provide. Uh, who knows? Um, but I think, yeah, we, when you look at it, when we look at it, they need another reliever, um, and they probably need another arm, you know, for the rotation just to cover themselves there because you don't know what Mike Soroka is going to be able to give this year and the future. Um, you know, you've got Charlie Morton for this year, but I think – I think they need to cover themselves. You can never have too much pitching. Um, and I really think they're set from a position player standpoint, actually, like unless they could get somebody better than Orlando Arcee. And I'm not sure that would be worth the price just because Albies is scheduled to come back and is going to be the second baseman of the future there. So that doesn't, they don't really have any holes in that regard. Cause it's like they're set at catcher set in the infield, um, unless they want to make a depth move there. And then they just have, too many outfielders like Guillermo Heredia doesn't play um so they've got too many outfielders they're gonna need a couple arms though I think you can never have too much pitching and that's what I see is probably you know if they do a starter it'll be a depth starter some guy like that and a reliever you know it could be a good reliever but just just another quality arm like in the back end you know the back end of that bullpen doesn't even have to be a closer type just somebody else to uh to throw in there to kind of use you know out of the bullpen gate it is required when you're doing an all-star break segment or show uh, to pick the team's award winners. So uh, we will do that here and continue that tradition. So the team MVP. Oh, man. I was thinking about this when we were – I knew you were going to ask this. Uh, so I was – I'm not going to fall into the recency bias. I will go with Dansby Swanson. Austin Riley is lighting the earth on fire right now. But Dansby Swanson has been that steady presence for them, a guy who can be a leader in the clubhouse, you know, to replace Freddie Freeman in that way, a guy who has played excellent defense. Um, He's an all-star. He has hit the best he has over his career for the longest he has over his career. Um, And he's done, you know, he's done it on the bases. He's done it in the field. He's done it in the batter's box. Everything, the dugout, everything, like leadership. It's got to be Dansby Swanson for me. I'm going to go overall. Who would you pick? I will certainly offer up um, Austin Riley, but Dansby is also a strong a, a strong contender. And at least Austin Riley finally got to be an All Star. So how did how did you find out, and what were the emotions in that moment? Uh, Snit gave me a buzz, told me, and said, "Congrats, well deserved." Uh, you know, it's it awesome. Like I said, you know, it's something you know individually you play for, and, and uh, you know, I know I'm excited. And there's no way to prove that that Riley took his quote-unquote snub personally, but it appears he took it personally with the way he has played this month. Uh, Yeah, no, he's been incredible this month. Yeah, I think uh, – and, and also, before we even get to that, you know why I love Austin Riley is because he said that Snick gave him a buzz, and I haven't heard anybody use that since, like, my dad would always use it. Like, Austin, <laughs> he's just such a – he's just such an old-school classic, like – He's just a ball player, um, and he's one of those guys that, yeah, when you look at, like, that guy's a ball player. That's Austin Riley. He's a ball player. But, yeah, no, his July has been insane. I mean, before, even before homering in, you know, Saturday's game. So for the first 15 games of the month, he was batting 403 with a 1.310, 1,310 OPS. Then um, he had five doubles, eight homers, 17 RBIs. So now he's got nine home runs in the month of July. He's the reigning NO player of the week. Uh, yeah, and I mean, I asked him after Friday's game uh, if he 
was surprised he wasn't included. And he goes, yeah, like a part of me was because he, you know, he thought he'd done enough, but he was like, yeah, I can spend more time with the family and, you know, it'll be a good break. Well, 12 hours later, he gets a call from Snicker and uh, he's headed to the All-Star game. So, yeah, plans change quickly, but he was among the most notable snubs um, in baseball. And so it's very deserving for him to go because, shoot, I mean, he might have been more deserving than not even to parse it or be competitive this way, but more deserving than a couple guys on his team going. Um, It just didn't work out for him position wise because he you know he's a third baseman and Manny Machado and Nola and Arenado are also third baseman and he's right in the conversation with those guys um at least offensively but yeah it's you know good good honor for him great first nod to the all-star game uh yeah he's more than deserving Cy Young Max Fried it would be tough to pick anybody else I mean you look at how the team's won his last 10 starts and something ridiculous has only lost two two of his starts and you know all year whatever it might be um not only that but just the stuff that comes out of his hand the ability to battle through when he doesn't have his best stuff and then to look dominant when he does has been incredible i mean he's definitely putting himself in the upper echelon of you know pitchers and the whole you know the whole sport and i think he's definitely the brave Cy young i mean he can't pick anybody else now the hard one rookie of the year for the first half Oh, God. You can't save all the animals. You can only pick one. I know. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm going to go with Michael Harris. And I'm sorry to Spencer Strider. I'm going to use an old adage against him that people use in the MVP voting uh, (laughs) that you hear writers use all the time is that Michael Harris can impact the game every day, but Spencer Strider can only impact it every five days. And it, I'm not, it's just hard to look like a lot of this has coincided with Michael Harris being brought up to the big leagues. A lot of this, you know, winning and he's completely changed the roster. Like there was an actual ripple effect on the roster when he came up and it changed them in ways, you know, defensively and offensively. I think that impact has been so great. He's like a superstar player and, yeah, it's it's tough to go against that. I, I think it. I gotta pick Michael Harris, but it's it's gonna be funny because if Spencer Strider keeps going and keeps going and keeps going like this and has like a two five, two six, two seven ERA or something at the end of the year and a ton of strikeouts, like be careful because like watch out because a lot of the, the rookie of the year voting. I mean that that's gonna look real real enticing, and I think it it's funny that it could be Strider versus Harris. You know, it, to some degree in the rookie of the year voting. We've heaped a bunch of praise on this Braves team, which is on a a pace it has not been on in almost 20 years. And yet, they're not in first place. And they have not taken a series yet from the Mets. You know, we're going to play them a lot more, so um, don't know that... You know, and they're you know they're going to get guys back, too. They were without two of their regulars, and, you know, there's a starting pitcher out there that's looming, and, and um, you know, it's a good club. Do that... In February. Who do you think the better team is now after what we saw this week? I think it's the the Mets only because of starting pitching. And it's slight. I think they're pretty even. The Braves hit more home runs, but do they have an opportunity to hit them with men on base with the Mets starting pitching? It didn't look like it. Um they had in it the you know the three starters looked great. 
the lineup looks a lot different than it used to be. Um, I think it's it's got to be the Mets ever so slightly. Like I said, the Braves because they'd played better, and I'm going to hold to that. You know, the the Mets beat took two of three from them, um, and it, it's got to be the Mets. And I think it's very slight. Like I think the Braves might be better against other competition, but when they play each other, I think the Mets are slightly, slightly better because of that starting pitching. Um, and we really saw that become a factor, and it just shows that there's no better way to win than with great starting pitching. And they don't even have Jacob DeGrom yet. Um, you know, they started David Peterson in one of those games. But all three starters looked great. Uh, and I think, you know, they were a pitch away from sweeping the Braves, really, if Peterson, you know, who's probably on his last batter, doesn't, you know, give that one up to Olsen, who had a terrific at bat. It's got to be the Mets just ever, ever so slightly. And I think the Braves are actually more talented and they're a deeper team. And I think people who cover the Mets would tell you the same thing. But right now, the better team team is, you know, the Mets. I really do thank everybody for taking the time to listen to this podcast, which obviously means you're a fan of the Braves. So if you're not subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, you are missing out on quite a bit of content that Justin provides and that Gabe Burns will be at the All-Star Game, will be providing, and all of our columnists. And if you want to get in on this, we actually have a special offer just for Braves fans. And, and, and really, you know, it's kind of a special offer if you're listening to the podcast because we have what we call our season pass. It's half off our regular offer, unlimited digital access to the AJC for just $39.99 for the next eight months. So that's $125 a week. If you want to join the community, go to subscribe.ajc.com slash season pass. That is subscribe.ajc.com slash season pass. So you always know what's really going on. A couple of quick hits here. Um, what do you think of Acuna in the home run derby on Monday? Tough draw, man. I mean, first round to go against the guy who is literally built for the home run derby and Pete Alonzo. Acuna, look, the ball doesn't jump off many bats the way it does his, but I think he's going to have a tough time in that first round. I mean, Pete Alonzo's won it, you know, two events in a row, um, didn't have one in 2020. It's, it's going to be tough, but I could see Acuna getting there. He just hasn't flashed the same power this year. Kirby Yates on a rehab assignment now. He's, he's still kind of on track for early August-ish. Yeah, yeah, he could be. Uh, yeah, because pitchers have a maximum of 30 days on rehab assignments, so that would put him at uh, August 16th. I don't know if he'll need 30 days. Um, they do take it day by day. We'll see. Just I'm not sure. so sure he'll need 30 days. So, yeah, he's going to be looks like, looks like early August, uh, first couple weeks of August probably. All right, and then uh, after the All-Star break, the Angels will be coming to Truist Park, and we'll get to see Shohei in person. Yeah, no, seriously, if they don't trade him by then. No, I'm just kidding. That would never happen. But I feel like around this time, don't we always see these stories about should the Angels trade Shohei Otani? Like, are they wasting Mike Trout? To be clear, they're wasting both of them with the way they're playing. But (laughs) to see Shohei Otani and Mike Trout, uh, it's going to be fun. I'm excited, um, but that might be as someone who's tired of watching the Nationals, uh, Sans Juan Soto. <laughs> I bet um, you are. <laughs> but they, oh my God, they're, it's going to be a long summer here in Washington. But anyways, Otani and Trout, it's funny because you always see these tweets and stat lines about, you know, Otani and Trout have three home runs and combined for like, you know, 10 RBIs in a game and the Angels lose like 15, 14 or whatever it is. Like it's just some crazy stuff about how they do a ton team doesn't win it's going to be interesting though to see yeah those two two of the superstars in the game um two mvps yeah it's going to be crazy to see the braves against a top heavy team with superstar talent but 
not a ton else. Um, and it actually should be a nice little, like, no series is easy, and it's always hard to win a major league game, but the Angels are pretty dysfunctional this season, um, and they don't look great. They had a huge slide in the first half that got Joe Madden fired. Um, so this is a nice series for the Braves to start out on. They won't ever admit that, um, nor, nor should they. You know, they've got to take everybody seriously, but they should have the upper hand in that series, um, and it's not like they're coming out to play the Yankees or the Mets or the Astros. Like, they coming out, they're at home, they get three games against the Angels. All right, now time for uh, the award-eligible Ask Justin segment, taking questions off your Twitter feed, which is? Justin C. Toscano. First question is from Darren Stout. Time to talk about extending Riley. Yeah, yeah, and I don't say that. I mean, I've seen enough. I say that because of the first half. Like, I've seen enough to say that he's he's only getting better. Uh, if you want to think about this from a team's perspective, like, the price is only going to get higher. Um, and I think that this offseason they need to kind of start thinking about what he might need and what he might want uh, to receive an extension or at least to buy out some, you know, the arbitration years eventually, like, to do that. Because I think... Um, yeah, I think he's he's shown you that he's one of the best third basemen in baseball. Uh, he's going to hit. Um, he's one of the best power hitters in the game. The defense is improving. You know, it's not where it is with Arenado or Machado, but it's improving. Um, and it's not bad by any stretch. And, yeah, I mean, I think the Braves are built on young, controllable talent. And, and guys, like, they locked up, you know, Acuna and Albies for really, really team-friendly deals. Um and I think Riley could be a guy who would want to sign an extension. Um, yeah, I think it's, you know, you want to lock a guy like that up, a homegrown player, a great scouting job on him as he was, you know, a pitcher in high school and literally was like, I'll catch if you let me play the field. I'll do anything to play the field and be a hitter. Um, and he's one of those guys that the fan base has, like, fallen in love with. Great guy for the team, great for the organization, great for the city. All right, next from Derek G., Curious what the ERA splits are when Darno versus Contreras are catching. Seems like Travis can get predictable at times and call the same pitch too many times as well. So how do the starting pitchers ERA stack up depending on who's catching? All right, Derek. So I actually looked this one up, um, went deep into the baseball reference pitcher splits for this one. So I actually did just the five starters. Um, so Freed, he's got a 2.52 ERA with Darno. His ERA is, I think, is two six four or something. He's only he's had like one start with Pena, but he's had most every one of them come with Darno. Um, so can't really read much into that. But Kyle Wright, he's got a two five two ERA with William Contreras over nine starts, and then he's got nine starts with Travis Darno, and his ERA is three point five nine in those starts. Ian Anderson, six games with William Contreras, three four one ERA. Eleven games with Travis Darno, five nine three. Uh, Spencer Strider, four games with William Contreras, one nine four ERA, and then he's got a two seven seven ERA with Travis Darno over fifteen games. And then you've got Charlie Morton, who's got a three seven ERA over seven games with William Contreras, and then with Travis Darno, he's got a four eight two ERA over ten games. So some of what you're seeing might be lining up based on these splits. Uh, we'll see if they become more statistically significant. From Zach. Are you at all nervous with this team's reliance on the long ball, especially come playoff time? Not a ton yet, just because, I mean, they've shown no signs that they can't do it. I mean, they had a stretch early in the season where the ball wasn't flying, but 
now it is. They have enough power hitters in that lineup. Um, but yeah, I think the concerning part's going to come when you face really, really good starting pitching in the postseason. Um, but I'm not, I'm not there yet. I'm not worried because they've been able to sustain it really for a long time. From Adrian Kirk, is it time to worry about Acuna? No, I think if this lasts the entire season, then yeah, we'll we'll talk a little more. But he's still one of the top five talents, five ten talents in the game. Whatever you know, whatever you want to say, he's a five tool player. But you know that said, yeah, like the off the hitting hasn't looked good. He hasn't squared up a lot of balls. Uh, the defense has been suspect compared to what we expect from him. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not worried yet. And finally, now our winners of the week, you go first. Michael Harris. Uh, so in this series in Washington through three games, because we're recording on a Saturday, he had a go-ahead two-run home run on Thursday, and then in the same inning, an outfield assist. That was a ridiculous throw. And then he is, you know, he's played great defense, gotten on base, and then in Saturday's game, he stole three bases. Um, and then had a, had a double that was truly a hustle double that we talked about earlier in terms of barely leaving the infield, um, deflecting off the pitcher. He's doing it all, um, and he's having one heck of a series to close out his first couple months in the majors. I'm going with Juan Soto because I think every human should know what it's like to get offered $440 million and say, nah, I'm good. That's not enough. I need more. Yeah, no, seriously. Somebody asked me how I was doing today, and I was like, "Well, probably not as good as the guy who just turned down four hundred forty million dollars." But I'm I'm hanging in there, you know. <laughs> it's and crazy, you know he may right? not I be mean, wrong either to turn that down. No, no, I think he. If you look at the average annual value of that, I think he can get higher. I mean, that was like fifteen years. I mean, he would have been thirty eight. Uh, wow. I mean, sheesh, that's crazy. Yeah, now the Nationals are reportedly like maybe going to be listening to offers on him. Um, yeah. For the people who are covering the stories. So that's, that's insane. If you could have a louder statement about how somebody doesn't trust the nationals to build a winning team, than rejecting <laughs> $440 million. Um, I would like to hear it. Nationals for sale. And, uh, maybe Juan Soto's for sale, uh, too. And, and, uh, very quickly, we'll congratulate the Braves Youth Baseball and Softball Coaches of the Weeks. They are Emily Barnard of Statesboro with the U-12 Carolina Elite Softball and Vincent Altamari of Dallas, Georgia with Paulding County Youth Baseball. Check out this week's nominees and cast your vote at AJC.com slash Braves Coach of the Week, which is brought to you by the Atlanta Braves and your local Kroger store. So that's it for this edition of the Braves Report. Uh, have fun, uh, man, in uh, Salt Lake, and uh, enjoy, uh, enjoy your few days off. Yeah, no, thanks, man. Yeah, it's been fun doing this with you over the first, you know, half of the year. And uh, I don't think there's going to be a shortage of storylines for the second half. Nope, 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 nope. And we will have them for you here every Monday. And please don't forget to rate, review, follow, share, and subscribe. Tell your friends and tell us what we can do to improve or tell us what we're doing right, and we'll keep doing it for you. And this is the Braves Report from the Atlanta journal Constitution. When you're looking for leading cardiac treatment, look to Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with five emergency cardiac care centers, so we're here when you need us most. We lead with more than 55 locations in Georgia. That means we're always in the heart of your neighborhood. We lead with clarity, because clear direction is better when it comes to understanding every step of your treatment. Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with heart. 
In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com.